Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Christian, and as always, thank you so much for checking this out. We uh, love what we do here, and we're just trying to get these stories of all these amazing people of many talents out and about into your ears so you can put them into your eyes and check out everything they do. Uh, don't usually have follow-up or anything, but I would like to say, if you listen to last week's episode, that was the first episode where my best friend, my brother from another mother that lives across the street, Matt Hopkins, is now the official editor of the Culture Podcast. And I just want to say, Matt, this is a shout out to you, bub. Thanks for editing, and I'll have this USB to you in no time. Well, if you're listening, I guess you already have it. So with that out of the way, we're just going to jump in today's episode because I'm very excited with this guest. Coming all the way from Canada, through Zoom, of course, we are joined by Jordan Mindbender. How's it going, Jordan? Well, thank you, and thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, of course, anytime. It's kind of funny how... It was just, we met randomly because of the group, because of Shawnee, mm-hmm. like tagging me in your one post. And then it was like, oh my God, <laughs> magic. And then it was right when you were about to do, of course, we'll dive more into it, but you're about to yeah. bury yourself alive. I'm like, wait, this dude's burying himself alive. Hold on. I need to put you on a podcast. <laughs> so Jordan does stunts and magic and they are unbelievable. So Let's just let's start from the beginning. What pushed you to get into magic? So we were um, we were watching television. This had to be years ago uh, when Chris Angel first came out. Yeah, uh, it was like a family television show night, and we were all watching. We decided to turn on Chris Angel. This had to probably be either the second or third season, and I just fell in love with it. I was like, I can do it easy where's a deck of cards and then i couldn't do it um and i remember the next day going to school and and and, you know trying what i thought is how he did it and failing miserably and then right after that we went to we have a science uh center place here in toronto um and we that was the christmas break of maybe 2010 2000 yeah 2010 and my parents took me there, uh, no reason at all, you know, uh, but there was a magician performing there by the name Baldini. And I went to the show, saw it, loved it, couldn't get enough of it. And anyone that are that's in the arts, whether it's theater, music, magic, there's a bug. And if you get that bug, it does not leave you. Um, and after seeing Baldini's show, I, I, I'm sure I had the bug from watching Chris Angel, but that real bug started after watching Baldini. And then uh, I fell in love with it. And then I convinced my mother to take me back to his show for two weeks straight. So I saw over 70 shows within two weeks. Um, and I don't live close to the science center. I live about 45 minutes away. So that was dedication on my mother's part. And then by Baldini's last show there, we agreed to take magic lessons with him every Friday for like five years. So that's how it all started. <laughs> and that was strictly just magic. Oh, wow. So that, that's pretty cool, though. The person that really pushed you to, you know, want to get into it, you know, 
Chris Angel, I remember, I'm like, I'm going to levitate and just sitting there, <laughs> almost making myself faint, trying to make myself levitate. <laughs> <laughs> we are every kid of our generation can 100% say, I've done the same. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. It's like 45 minutes, you know, that's a trek to be doing that often. And yeah. it's cool, though, that the one that like really gave you that itch was the one who taught you your start in it and everything. And Absolutely. Yeah, he opened his arms to me like, and again, this was, you know, 2010 magic was still, I mean, it's still now a lot of magicians keep it as a very guarded secret. So for him to see that I truly do have a natural bug in me that wants to learn this magic was amazing. And even the last show, I remember this is right when I first got my own laptop to my first computer. So I was just exposed to the world of YouTube. And that's a huge thing as well. Even though it's 2010, YouTube was heavily around. Um, I grew up in a household with very little electronics. So that world was very foreign to me. So I started learning magic on my own through YouTube. And I was able to perform a trick on Baldini's last show at the Science Center. He let me, which is crazy. I would never. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. You know, like that's his show. You know, he trusted me. It was, it was a little, and I, you know, it was a little mind reading trick and, and stuff, but it was great. And, and yeah, he, he definitely did a lot more than I, he, he gave me the best life I could ever ask for. You know, I was, I was going to ask, what was your first trick that you got to perform live? So it was a mind yeah. reading trick. It was a mind reading trick. I got someone from the audience um, and I was never planning on doing this. I remember there was a deck of cards in the gift shop. So I bought a deck of cards and it must have looked ridiculous, you know, because it wasn't a regular deck. It was a, a science center deck with, you know, science themes and stuff. But um, <laughs> I just got someone from the audience to pick a card. And I was in a super Chris Angel phase then. So I was reading his mind and stuff. And then, yeah, it was uh, it was great. <laughs> yeah. So I picked a card, read their mind and the crowd was a little confused, but it was good. <laughs> so that was, now I'm sorry if you said it, that was, did you say what age you were during it? Yeah, 2010. Ten. So I was around 13, 14. Yeah. 13, 14. And now yeah. that was, I'm trying to think of the date of dates are my worst enemy. Yeah, yeah now, same here. That, was that the same year you were on Canada's Got Talent? So no, so yes, no and yes, sorry. Yes, <laughs> oh, you're um, good. <laughs> the same year, but it kind of isn't because it aired. I, I filmed it um, December of that year. So it didn't air until the next year. Um, and I remember fil we filmed the last week of December. So yeah, it was the same year, which is crazy of, it, of in itself. So you performed on uh, Baldini's last show, did this yep. trick, and you're like, all right, I'm going on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just straight to TV. And and now as a kid, it's like, and, and I must state this, not that it matters for anyone in the States because they'll be like, they'll be so confused. We, Canada's Got Talent just recently got rebooted. Okay. It, the season I was on in 2010 got canceled midway. So, the, so if people are a little confused, yes, I'm not talking about the new Canada's Got Talent. I'm talking about the first season. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, a year after. Um, it, it, that's really what it was. It was just straight dedication. Um, and I, I, when you're younger, it's much easier to do those shows. Oh yeah. Than as an adult. So, you know, as a kid, you're fearless, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, a, you know, and, and, and it helped that I didn't really know the judges at the time. I knew kind of Martin Short, who's a famous comedian, 
notes, but I never tried to learn who any of the judges are. I wanted to go in, do my stuff and leave, uh, which I did. Um, I got through to the next round. I got through to the round after that. And then the show got canceled. So it, it kind of didn't go anywhere. So technically, there's still a chance to win is what you're saying. <laughs> I always say that I'm still technically in. The, you're still in the running. I, I'm, I'm still in the running. <laughs> Have you ever thought about going on to the new show and bringing that up and just be like, listen, I was on in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I did America's Got Talent in 2017. And... um I went on the show with a Canada's Got Talent t-shirt <laughs> and that I wanted to do, you know, magicians do the dress changes to their assistants. And they, I want to do that and turn it to America's Got Talent. But I didn't know that just because it's the same show, it's actually two different shows. So they were not happy with that at all. Oh. <laughs> they didn't want the promotion of kids, got, like especially canceled Canada's Got Talent. But uh, yeah, they contacted me about the new one. Um, it, it's just, uh, I, I thought of doing it. I did. I just have so much other projects going on. Probably the season two. I, I didn't want to ruin my streak of, of this one being canceled too. I'm like, ah, now I got to wait another 10 years. <laughs> all of a sudden you're 60. You're, it's like you're, yeah, yeah, it's you're just sitting there. Can I just win already? <laughs> I wanted to really study the ratings on this show and see exactly what happens to the winners, see what happens to the ratings, and then it would be worth the shot. because the end of the day it is a whole year's worth of crap it is not an easy show to do um and even just the day of it's all day like it's all day of just sitting there and waiting um i i think my friend said he waited close to 17 hours to see an audition wow so yeah yeah you gotta you gotta have patience oh yeah it's and that's the thing too it's like with here like how we have like american idol like that singing mm -hmm. show it was always the second place winner or people that were like fifth place that they're the ones that had better music careers than any first place winner that I can think of. Yeah. Like yeah I absolutely. always, I always remember it just like, it was like, they go on, they got the exposure. It's like the only person that the only two people I think of still going is like Kelly Clark, uh, Kelly Clarkson and Daltrey. Clarkson, yeah. It's like those yeah. two, it's like, and they, I don't think she was first, but I know Daltrey was like fourth or fifth. So it's crazy. Right. And, and the whole Kelly Clarkson thing is, I believe, was Kelly Clarkson the first or second season of Idol? I think first, because second, I think, was uh, Clay Aiken and Ruben. Right, right. So, and even then, they were pretty big at the time. But I think, the, I think no, Kelly Clarkson's amazing. But it was also so new, the yeah. talent show of that magnitude, right? So, I mean, they, they nailed it with Clarkson. But, the, you know, they really, yeah, it's interesting. They, they, America's Got Talent, usually 99% singer wins. Yeah, you know, we have enough singing shows. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was more of America's Funniest Home Videos guy myself. Oh, amazing! <laughs> Such a great show. <laughs> Such a great show. <laughs> so, with the magic, you know, doing that and everything, but you also do stunts. Uh, as I say, like before, did Buried Alive um, on YouTube. I was watching the uh, the Death Table and all that. What? I, when did the uh, like the stunts kind of come into play? with the uh with everything so the stunts came into play right away in my magic career because that's what chris angel used to do i always admired the stunts more than i did the magic um but magic obviously is more realistic to pay the bills and two easier to learn three not so harming on your body 
So it wasn't until I was maybe 15 or 16 where I thought, okay, I can start actually pumping these stunts out and doing them. I remember when I first was little, like I would, you know, get a pair of chain and wrap the chain, put them in padlocks. And, you know, when my parents were home and shove my hands in a big pile of snow and try to pick them underneath the snow and, and I would do it. And I find such joy in that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't until my first theater show um, that was in 2013. This was the first big theater show where it was like, we have to have a stunt in this. Um, and then there was this famous uh, escape artist in Toronto who is Ripley's most extreme escape artist. And he, I hired him on to help consult on the, the stunt and what we did was because i was so fascinated with buried alive buried alive and the bullet catch would be the two highest stunts you can do in our world of escapes and illusions and magic or what you want to call them uh, uh but uh, i was fascinated by that when i told him that he's like well i have a body bag for you and i have a bunch of restraints so if you can't be buried what's the second thing that's a body bag. So <laughs> he sent me, but he's like, you cannot do this until you have at least two people with you the entire time. Do not do this on your own. And he doesn't live close to me. He lives in Toronto, but he lives about two hours from me. Uh, so he mailed me a body bag, these three high prison restraints that they use in Russia and a bunch of padlocks. And then it comes in the mail and I'm home alone. And I'm like, oh. Like it was the biggest tease. I'm like, maybe I'm just gonna go in the body bag. I won't zip it up. I'm just gonna go in it. I'm just gonna go in it. So I go in it and I got stuck and I start panicking and I start freaking out. And then because I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to do. I never we were supposed to leave it there. He was gonna come into town and then train me properly. Um, so so then I panicked, I was in, and then I got out of it somehow. I guess I just kind of pulled myself through uh being a small kid. Um, but that was my first encounter with an escape and it was a terrifying one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, those, uh, you know, those Halloween morph suits. That's like the full yes. space. I have a crash dummy one and I put it on once. No one was home. I just wanted to put it on. I was like taking a stupid picture or something. I zipped it up, got it up to top of my head. Yeah. I went to take the picture and I couldn't hit the buttons. Like they wouldn't <laughs> register on the phone. So I'm like, ah, screw this. I got to take it off. The zipper got stuck and I couldn't zip it down. Oh, oh my so God. So now I'm frantically looking for a way to call Matt, who edits the pod. <laughs> I think he knows this story. I, I try to text him or call him just saying, dude, I need your help. I can't go outside. Come <laughs> over because he lives across the street. But I just couldn't type or anything. I couldn't open my phone. Yeah. I'm like, this is the worst. I somehow managed to reach back and just like, yank the zipper because i'm like i don't care if i break this thing i just don't want to be a crash dummy anymore <laughs> when those first came out i had the exact same problem really <laughs> the exact same problem yeah i remember when they first came out it was unreal <laughs> but yeah they were so much fun <laughs> now with the uh with the body bag when you finally did <laughs> it how like what was going through your head doing it while you were in there was it like uh Oh, I got this like confidence or was it like, like the first magic show where it was kind of like, you know, you have the jitters and all that, but not so much because you're a kid or. That was the first time I realized I had claustrophobia uh, um, and I didn't know that before. Um, 
certain things like that really hit you in your life at certain points when you go through something like that. But I did practice it. So I was aware of my issues of being in a body bag. Um, but my, but again, like, I think what I didn't realize at that time was doing something like that after an hour show, we closed the show with it. That was something I wasn't prepared for or didn't really train in. So it was not easy in that sense. Um, but a big thing was trying to keep calm. Um, again, it was my first show. So I got my own show, my own theater show. There was just so much other emotion. Um, and after that show, I didn't touch that stunt ever again. And I guess this will be breaking news for you, for your listeners. But my next theater show, I'm putting that back in my show one last time oh. uh, for the first time in now 10 years. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I'm excited to do it again because of all the experience I had and, and to be picking locks under in pitch dark, uh, was, is the most difficult part. Um, and then I did it with music. I did it to Adele's Skyfall, which is a beautiful song for it. Um, and then again, it's having to stick with cues, right? Because now I'm not alone. I have a team, a production team working with me. So you know, it was a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure for, for a young kid that wants to, you know, do something. But tickets don't start selling until you say you're going to do a dangerous stunt. Yeah. So, you know, but what I loved, it was an original, right? No one's ever done something like that before. Um, it was an original act. It was, uh, you know, so I put my own twist on it and I'm very excited to be bringing it back to life um, as well. I feel like that's like a big part with it, too. It's like getting into all that stuff. It's you got to throw your own spin on things and everything because it's like that's what makes it even more interesting. And it's yes, as you yes. said, when you throw that danger factor into a show, that's like, oh, I want to go see this. This guy's doing this. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, we have artists that left such an incredible path of work, right? That doesn't need to be forgotten, but doesn't need to be duplicated, right? Uh, pay your respect, but in in your way, you know. Um, and, but it's also fun as an artist to create something completely from scratch. Yeah. And and that body bag stunt is a completely original everything. Even the how, like the restraint method on you know the way we are adding. I think it was three Russian prison restraints, which usually most prisoners only use one, so have three, <laughs> you know, and then being extra tied in was always fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. so I, I'm excited to try this one again, um, especially after the Buried Alive. I think they go hand to hand. Oh, and yeah. another thing is, right, I think a lot of it was, it was truly dangerous and it was truly scary. But I think by being so young and doing it, no one took it seriously. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people in the audience was like, there's no way this, this their parents would let him do this. You know what I mean? When yeah. It truly was uh, it truly is a dangerous stunt and i think that was my reason of bringing it back is now that i'm older uh maybe it will be looked at a little more serious but i get it i get it i was a kid i was wearing a snapback hat some jeans and a t-shirt all right <laughs> i don't know you know how you could take i i sure wouldn't take a, a 15 year old serious if he was you know locking himself in a body bag so i get it right but that's the part of learning the art right is evolving your speech and your, your your pattern and how to make everything look much better right so yeah that's that thing like uh with uh the canada's got talent like the clip that you have on youtube mm -hmm. like they mention it but while i was watching i'm like 
Hey, he was he was born to be a performer. Like just the way you were interacting and everything. And you, I, I forget the one line you said. You said you're like I'm I'm semi professional or something. You just like semi professional. And it's like you really do have to play with the audience, like with all those things and everything. Yeah. Like you know, like when you're a kid you, with the charm and the you can add a little bit of comedy and stuff. But like when you're older and it's more serious, like you know, I'm gonna be thirty this year, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like. I'm not gonna bury myself in a damn coffin. I'm not. I'm not gonna lay there and have knives dangling above me. I'm not doing. That. I'm like, and, and that's. I'm pumping out a lot of escapes in the next year because I don't think I could be doing it after 25. Okay, I think I'm done. So, so you know, after the body bag, what came next? Was it the death table, or was there stuff in between? So yeah, so there was then there was the straight jacket escape. Well, now again, you now be full honest with you. I took down a lot of the stuff from my child. Right, the Canada's Got Talent is a part of my history. I'm going to leave it up, right? But for the most part, I, I'm really working on um, having the image of what I am as an adult, right? Not as because uh, you know it's so different. And again, as an artist, you can't help but look at that and go crap, I wish I can do this different, do that different, do this different. But you, we have the ability to do that, right? So I'm kind of redoing a lot of stuff, minus the sword stun and something I'll never do again and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, after that was a straight jacket escape, right? You can't go wrong with a classic straight jacket escape. Um, I got this straight jacket from a, the, the, the escape artist in Toronto as well. Um, we used a straight jacket that wasn't a gimmick straight jacket, but it was a straight jacket that was made so escape artists cannot escape from it. Um, the he this exact jacket would be around the world and they would test escape artists to see if they could escape from it. And if they could escape from it, they would get to keep the jacket. Uh, what was different about it is there was hooks on the, the shoulder and there were slits on the sleeve. So when you were in the jacket, you could attach handcuffs to both ends and then wrap chain from inside the wrist and wrap it around. Uh, so that was next. Um, and there was no, there was no danger in that. It was more of a coolness, but that's where I realized okay, I have to go this route until I'm older because people loved watching the visual stuff and the dangerous stuff because no one would put their kid in danger. Yeah. So it's not believable. When in reality, the frustrating part is it's really dangerous, yeah. right? Because the body bag, you zip it up, you literally had two minutes to breathe or else you would start hype because the, ba yeah. the, the bag is like, thick leather so the minute it's zip it's literally so it's like wrapping your head in a bag and jumping in water that's the best way to explain it oh, God. um so yeah and there was no i guess the only safety that was really involved with the body bag was that my team knew if i didn't get out after the song i need extreme help and everyone had um box cutter knives and stuff on them but but other than this so we did something different when let's not go dangerous route let's go cool route uh let's get a classic pink floyd song let's get the straight jacket everyone knows what a straight jacket is and let's do it um and, and that's the, the the next one i did which was the 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 most important to me because if i escaped i got to keep the jacket which i escaped i got to keep the jacket um you know 40 years of escape artists trying to escape from that jacket and only me and the other one was able to do it. So that's that was more sentimental to me, I think. Now I got to ask being a big Pink Floyd fan, what song? Uh, comfortably numb. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's one. That's... You're right. You're comfortably numb, right? You know? Yeah. Um, so it, it worked great. And, and um, yeah, it was just a great song with the lighting and stuff. It, it worked perfectly. It, now that I really think of that song, I'm like, that is a great, like, you know, 
stunt like magic like yeah. it's it's very it's very artsy and i can picture right. the lighting and everything just like it's, yeah it's very yeah. sway and stuff so that's awesome and especially with that guitar solo oh yeah um and then that was the break part the breakthrough part right when he started going here and i was like <laughs> that, 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 you know we undoing this the chains and throwing and then it it was just, it was great. It was great. And then, yeah, that was the street jack escape. So now at this point, I was like, no turning back. Any chance I get, I will be doing a stunt. <laughs> <laughs> or escape. I, I, the thing is, that was an escapes and stunts go hand to hand, right? It's, it's very important for me as the performer to call it the accurate names. Um, something like yeah. that would be an escape. I yeah. All right. So that's that a stunt. It escapes the body bag, right. straight jacket. Yeah, uh, buried alive stunt yeah. would be the death table. Right. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. So you know, then then right after that comes the death table. Um, table of death. Death table. Death table actually sounds good. I would say table of death. Uh, <laughs> death table sounds good. Um, yeah, that one was. Uh, that one was another original creation. Uh, although there was another magician who created something, or an escape artist that created something of that nature. I had no idea at the time um i since then reached out to him and stuff but uh you know yeah at the time i i i wanted to create and, and the method behind it is 100 percent me i i've created that one i can say confidently is originally me um or the design if you will not the method um i i wanted to do something that was russian roulette style right that's always fun yeah. you know and, and um i was really intrigued by he recently became a great friend of mine, but uh, an escape artist, in, another escape artist in Toronto did a bullet catch and did a kind of Russian roulette style. Um, and that's kind of where I was intrigued mostly from it. Um, I had this idea to build an apparatus of some sort, be handcuffed in four sets of handcuffs in a star position with all these swords hanging above me. They'd be six swords, but each sword would be connected to a wire, but they'd be 12 wires. No one knows what sword's connected to what wire. Each wire's labeled one to six, or one to 12, sorry. Um, and I have 60-second intervals to escape from four sets of handcuffs before someone from the audience gets to come up and cut a rope. They might cut a dummy rope. Nothing will happen. I'll get another 60 seconds. Or they'll cut a rope that's connected to a sword, and a sword will fall hopefully a sword that falls from a leg that i just escaped from and now there's room for it to fall not the ones that are over my heart this was oh my gosh i was so in love with the idea of thrill that there has to be an element of safety for crew right no if you want to put your life in danger you can go for it but even if they're not harmed or whatever. If I have a stage hand up and something goes wrong, it can still fall on that guy. So that's when I mean safety for the crew. Um, I was reckless. Okay. I was, I was doing things. First off, I got real swords. Okay. These were razor sharp swords from a martial arts, um, uh, a local martial arts company uh, who got these swords from Japan. Uh, so they were not just regular. They were like thousand dollar swords. Like they were like top end samurai swords. They would literally cut a, a a block of wood. Like, and, and again, now looking back at it, if it was now, it was how would we go around it? I don't think I would really do anything different. Although I wouldn't do that stunt now. The realness of it is what I love because 
I never want to do something fake ever, especially with the escapes. Who didn't he jump out of a plane to another plane underneath him? Okay, if I did something fake, I would be disrespecting those legends like Blaine, who actually did spend four days or three days in a block of ice, or or Houdini. I just I could never sleep with myself, and I think that was the biggest mindset because at the end of the day, it was very possible to file for a grant and get a professional builder to make something of this nature that would protect me in a certain way. I just was not going to go that route, right? <laughs> you see so when the guy. You see when the one guy like leans on, it like kind of shakes a little yeah, bit. So, yeah, so let me get to that story, right? So no, 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 because that I'm so glad you pointed that out because that was my favorite part. So I thought, okay, I'm not gonna pay 20 grand to get this professionally built and look nice. I'm just gonna build it myself, have a model of some sort. I walked over to the local martial arts team and I told them, like, like, I'm filming a documentary around this as well. Let's come and do some magic. He will plug you in return. Give me six swords. I'll give them back to you in a month. And he sh- we go through this alleyway, and, like, these swords were really nicely displayed in, like, multiple glass shelving. Like, these were way too fancy, right? Maybe I would do real swords, but not such, like, valuable swords. Yeah. Uh, so, but, uh, so, um, I got the swords. I did it all. Another thing is, um holding them up by dollar store rope so like the rope is wrapped around the sword in a knot and then strung through and then i'm like okay well how am i going to mount these to the ground oh there's a sledgehammer so i'm just going to wrap all these swords around the sledgehammer (laughs) and (laughs) and like the thing is it's swaying it's like constantly on its side and you know it could only fit in my garage when I was practicing. So when the door was open, it was constantly swinging. And when I say a professional would have built it, I'm sure a professional would have attached these to wire. So every time the swords drop, they drop in the same location every single time. Nuh-uh, not for me. It was. It was. <laughs> these swords would be dropping all over the place every single time. Never once has the swords dropped in the exact same place. It was so sketchy. It was ridiculous. So I then bring in a consultant to come see it, a different escape artist now. And, and and the footage is priceless. And he's looking at it and he's like, oh my God, this is so insane. <laughs> and then he like, he like pushes one of the beams and the whole thing just sways, right? And I go, I go, but my idea was to get a professional like wood builder to kind of like build a framing to make it look better. But I, I, you know, that would have cost a hundred bucks, you know, um, but he goes, no, you got to keep it. It looks great. Like, that's the way, you know, it adds. And I, I was like, you are right. It does add a sense of like, it's more sketchy than thrilling. And I yeah. love that. So that, that was that. And then a little insight would be, I believe I haven't watched the footage in a while, but I believe my, the right sword fell, um, when my right leg was not uh, detached from the handcuffs and if the handcuff was one chain link smaller it would have went right through my leg oh yeah i have a cut to this day still on my leg damn so yeah yeah it just slipped it just by like you know um and i was wearing white jeans too and stuff so uh, luckily i have you know i was wearing high socks as well uh to get a good firm lock on the handcuffs so they don't slide around but other than that, it, it was, yeah, I did get hurt from that one. That was the first and the first one I really got hurt from. It's 
I don't want to give too much away because no. anyone listening, I want to, yeah. I want them to see it. But just yeah. <laughs> the the comedy that was introduced to it too, because it was like mm-hmm. it swords obviously fell. I won't say how many and all that, but yeah. that the moment the first sword fell, it you see it go straight in, and it's like, oh yeah, if that was if that was his chest, dude would have been stabbed. Like he would have been, <laughs> it would have been in him. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah. So it's like you can tell they're legit, and I I love that. Like with any sort of stunt when you see like a knife or something the moment it goes into like wood or whatever it's like oh yeah these these things are the real deal like for anyone at home that wasn't on stage to go and feel them themselves it adds yeah, that realness yeah. to no matter what platform you're on with it so that was right, when i was right. like oh let's go <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely and we did that twice we did it once at that theater for a private audience and i, I i'm not i'm not sure which i believe actually I, I i messed up on both of the right legs for both of those performances but um yeah they both came really close no matter what um but yeah it, it was crazy um and then that's how i got america's got talent was the producer from the show was uh, for the producer of America's Got Talent was actually at that show, which is oh, absolutely insane because in the show wasn't in Canada. The show wasn't in the city, right? It was a little outside of the city. Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how. I'm sure he wasn't there for me. I'm sure he was in the area and saw it. And as a talent scouter, I'm sure he knew what he was doing. Um, and they wanted me to do that for the show, but because I had two really bad close encounters with that stun, I was like, absolutely not. First of all, two. I'm not bringing this apparatus to the border, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that's that's how I got on America's Got Talent. All right. Yeah. Now from Which that, is pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome. That it's like, of course, it would be though the stunt that twice you had close calls. A hundred percent. Yeah. So so after that, uh, timeline wise, like when did uh Buried Alive come into play? Because watching that and then seeing like the live streams on like facebook because like we were facebook friends at that point i started seeing it like you in the coffin like how many years in between were those and were there any like notable stunts in between those yeah yes so there's one i'll I'll tell you about it because it's your audience and it's you but it's not posted (laughs) anywhere yet um but i did this after the so so the sword stunt was 2017 or 16 rather um and then in 2022, for my recent show, I did the suspension straitjacket escape where I hung upside down in a straitjacket. It was the same straitjacket. It was, uh, so I was upside down in the straitjacket, but the only, my twist was I put a bed of nails under me. Oh. So, uh, I know. This one, I don't know if all my previous stunts, people thought that, and, and I never tell anyone about anything. My own parents don't know any of the, my stuff I do. Um, my dad a little bit. My mom sees everything for the first time. My grandfather actually walked out on my sword stunt. He walked out of it. Uh, he didn't talk to me about two weeks. That's how <laughs> bothered he was. Yeah. Uh, so um, we did this. So then 2022, um, truth be told, I did the suspension straight jack and escape just as is in 2018 at the for another event um no no bed of nails or whatever but we did it in 2022 with the bed of nails that was my signature uh we we hoisted me up in the air uh we used ozzy osborne straight to hell 
Yeah, sorry. Nice. Because that's exactly where I'd be going if I fell headfirst on that bed of nails. So, but that was the first time more than 10 people highly advised me not to do it. And like, didn't say, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. Like they said, dude, like, stop. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, do not do this. Um, and, and the whole thing is because I was filming a television show, uh, which all the info for that will be out hopefully someday. Soon, very shortly but we we're filming a television show where we were wanted each season to be about the history of certain escapes and it was about the straight jacket and then i was like yeah this is boring i'm not just gonna mount myself upside down in a straight jacket let's do something real but more real so let's add a bed of nails so we put a bed of nails under it therefore there was you know it's one of those things where you just can't help not to watch but you can't watch like it was terrifying and it got even to the point where we were filming the show. The show's a reality show, basically, the whole process of all this. And I had a meeting with my friend Bella, who's a sideshow performer, who was, you know, who's done this multiple times, the bed of nails, just where she holds a cinder block on her and she smashes the cinder block while she's laying on the bed of nails. And I wanted to do something like that, where I wanted to pay my dues as a sideshow performer. If I'm going to put a bed of nails into my world of escape, I need to pay my dues. So we did this cinder block smash. It was like one interview with her where like she was telling me like, obviously I knew the dangers of going headfirst into nails. I just never really wanted to hear it. So after that, I was like, I can't, I don't want to hear this anymore. So they did all of that stuff with the doctors and they filmed all that privately. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was really bizarre. And because of the pandemic, I couldn't get access to the theater. Uh, until the really the, the day of the show plus all the mounting and stuff the agreement that i worked out with the town was it would only let me really do this once so but it's a good thing i didn't need the bed of nails underneath me to learn how to escape from a straight jacket upside down i've already done i've done a upside down straight jacket escape a few times for like private events and stuff but um yeah when i did it once and only once for the actual show looking down and seeing those giant nails like that it was the first time I would say, how do I explain this? My heart felt different. Like it was beating differently. Yeah. It was kind of like, this is not a show anymore. This isn't, you know, me up here right now is a spectacle of itself. So now the audience are enjoying it. How the hell do I get down of here? And let me get down in here as quick as possible. And I got out of it the exact millisecond the song ended, which I believe it's like a three-minute song. Um, I was told not to be upside down more than two minutes. Uh, so that was like an extra 60 seconds uh, around, roughly. So that was the one that came after the sword stunt. That was the most recent one. And then after that, I felt like I did all I could. And by the way, all my, my stunts were done in that exact same theater. I have the amazing theater team my team has been the exact same for my entire career since my very first show until now uh it was a sense of comfort right um but now i'm like there's only so much i could do in those four walls so i need to get out of the theater and do something different and then that's where we decided to do buried alive so which i gotta say it's knowing everything like you know seeing the sketchy uh like the sketchy apparatus you made with all the swords and everything like to buried alive just it's just it's crazy because buried alive there was a whole ass friggin bulldozer there with, with the dirt yeah. it's not yeah. I'm like you, you had this beautiful coffin made for you i was just like uh, 
wow, and Johnny. Like, yeah, <laughs> the production. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. So I guess it'll be a good time to let's talk about let's it because right it's it. my favorite. That was my introduction to you, aside from like when we started randomly talking because of Shawnee Caulfield. Shout out Shawnee Caulfield. Shout out Shawnee. <laughs> um, <He's> always around. <laughs> so, so it's being like you were talking about with the body bag being you found out you were claustrophobic with it and everything what would what push you to be like all right i'm doing buried alive so there's a few things okay and as you're an artist too you can relate we're in a world where we have to constantly one up ourselves we yeah. always have to make the next big project we always have to do the next big thing right and these theater shows have been the next big thing for my career for, for 10 years. And a big thing, not to keep on going back to them, but I would produce the show myself. I would finance the show myself. I would sell the show myself. I would write the show myself. I did everything myself. Damn. Um, so it was a lot of work. And to be honest, I love performing. And those theater shows are really the one time I can perform in front of family and friends because I'm always on tour doing other events. Um, so it is for that, but a big part of it's the only place I get to do escapes and stuff, right? So I'm doing all this work just to do escapes when I realize, you know, we're in a world with social media and stuff where we don't need to do this whole big thing. And I'm getting old, okay? Doing an hour show and then doing a stunt after is getting taxes, okay? <laughs> so I was, um, so then, yeah, then, so um, the pandemic hit, right? Just like you and a bunch of other artists, we were completely out of our, our gigs and our jobs for so long um it was like what do i do next um and then we got out of the pandemic and i felt like it was only right to just go back and do one more theater show at that theater it would be 10 years of running theater shows it'd be this big thing and uh that would be the the good closer to the next part of my life um and then i was thinking okay but now i need to do a stunt every show had a stunt what do i do right um and then i realized it doesn't have to be that way you know, let's get let, let's get out of these this theater and let's do something bigger than life. And then I was reading a I was reading a book about a, a an escape artist named the Amazing Joe, who did Buried Alive in 1991, uh, when a plexiglass coffin. Um, and I was familiar with Joe's work before. Like I have a lot of his old VHS tape mm. and stuff, so I've seen his stuff years ago. But I was reading about how he died doing Buried Alive in 1991. Um, he was in a coffin he did it on halloween on houdini's birth uh death date um and he did soil and then cement cement hardens at the bottom first which eventually caved in right Ooh. um yeah it was it, yeah he killed him uh his two kids were right there watching the entire time who i've since became good friends with one of his his kids um but i was like oh my god that's brutal. Now, I always knew about Buried Alive because of Chris Angel, right? Chris Angel did two of them in his entire run of his show. Um, but we also know Chris. I'm not saying Chris. Chris definitely did it real, but Chris also has the best of the best safety team in the world. Oh, yeah. Right? So he was protected. Um, not that you can't really protect yourself with the element of snow and soil, but his team knew what to look for, right? He has the best team. And I was just like, okay, but who else did Buried Alive? Who else did Buried Alive? Then I re um, I saw this other um, escape artist do it in uh, 1950, 1950. I could be wrong on that date. Um, he did it, but he almost died. 
uh, doing it. And he did it without a coffin where he went in like a fetal position and then just let a bunch of soil above him. And he had to get pulled out. And at that exact moment when I was done reading this, I was like, crap, none of these escape artists can do Buried Alive. Like, it's not working. And then I came off another escape artist in the UK who almost died doing it in 2013 with the fetal position as well. Um, and his people pulled him out literally in seconds. And then I got a, um, and then I came across of Houdini's um, like great, great nephew or something. And they, he was saying a story that Houdini actually never ended up doing it. He did it before he died, a couple of years before he died. But if he failed and they pulled him out, he couldn't even do it. Wow. And apparently when he died, he did find a way to do it on stage. Um, which again, right. When it's on stage, you got to understand that there could be other things involved as an illusionist, right? Not saying that we wouldn't have faked it, but why, why wasn't he, you know, what was happening there? We'll never know. We'll never know. But they recovered posters promoting it once Houdini died. And then it just started going down this rabbit hole of the buried alive. No one's done that in so long. Like it's not something, you know, a lot of these magicians and performers are constantly doing the same thing, right? I want to do something new and different, you know? And, and I, and so that's where, you know, and then I came across Blaine's version of doing seven days of it. And then, but he did it kind of differently where he was in a coffin, but he had a tank of water above him um, where people can watch him. And he spent, I think it was six days under the ground. Um, and that's when I was like, I want to do this. I want to <laughs> do this. Um, so then I was like, I think I could do it. I think this is the next step but I don't want to do just a simple buried alive. Let's see if we could test my body a little more because I wanted to start dabbling in those endurance stunts. Um, let me see if I could spend full 12 hours, um, underground. And this was, <laughs> this was three days before I came up with the idea three days before we actually did it. Oh, but we'll come back to that in a second. <laughs> so I, um, I have a friend, uh, James, who lives uh, a little far from me, but he lives in the countryside. So he has this beautiful, huge property. And I called him up and I said, hey, man, would you let me bury myself live on your property? And he said, sure. <laughs> and I think that's still one of the weirdest things I've ever asked anyone. Um, boy, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when he told his wife that we were doing this. Uh, <laughs> although she loved it. So it seems like it was a little well. Um, but I kept this very secret. Uh, not even told my family. Um, my mom has a very hard time with death. Um, God bless my girlfriend. She does all my marketing and like posters and stuff. You know, this is a hard thing in this industry as well. It takes a toll on my family and friends and girlfriend as well. It's not. And that's for one thing. When someone goes, are you doing something that is fake? I say, just please sit down and talk with my girlfriend or my mother for five minutes and you'll have the answer. Yeah. Because. It, 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 oh man, it was, you know, it was a straitjacket escape over the bed of nails. And, you know, my girlfriend told me, she's like, I, you know, I'll always support you. But it was so hard to watch. I was so worried for you. And then it was like, hey, maybe I only have a few of these left because it's not fair that I keep, I'm not a single dude living in the middle of nowhere with no family that has to just worry about myself. There are people that I have to worry about. Not saying that if I fell head first into the bed of nails, I would want any of my audience members to see that. You know what I mean? But it's things that I need to think about. You know, let's go more people thrilled that something amazing is happening than 
is gonna die is gonna die right so um you know so i didn't know how to approach the situation with buried alive uh so i just kept it very secret until literally i had to say i promoted it a day before i did it but it got pushed a week because i got covid uh. so i got three days so my so i called james and i go hey james can we please do buried alive in your property? He goes, yes, I have an excavator at my house right now. Let me talk to them. <laughs> and I said, okay. Uh, and then he said, he called me back. He's like, um, the death rate, what's the death rate? And I go, um, almost every magician that did this died, but I'll send over a contract right away <laughs> where it's just a product, like no one's liable. You know, they all signed it. I even went on camera saying, hi, I'm Jordan Marciano, Mindbender, and Mindbender Entertainment, MB Productions, um, and Lauren Media, the three parent companies that are producing it are not responsible at all if I die during this film. I think I opened the video like, hey, if you're re watching this, I'm dead. Um, and <laughs> you're not responsible. Right? I try to make a joke out of it. <laughs> which is not the best, but they all signed contract. No one was responsible, whatever. We went forward. They, he goes, what are you going to be buried in? And I go, well, I just, we'll just put together a quick box, like just a box, whatever. He goes, okay. I show up and this beautiful coffin is made. Okay. This, you know, and, and I'm like, all right, let's do this then. It's getting more real. And I kept on telling myself before it's a, it's, it's a box. It's, it's a box. It's a box. I'm not going to say coffin. Cause I think if I say coffin to my mom or my girlfriend, they get freaked out a bit, right? Yeah. And that's the truth. I wanted it not to look so scary. I wanted it to, you know, <laughs> the coffin turned out so beautifully that I couldn't help but love it <laughs> so much. And of course, that's what I wanted, right? Um, and then we, so, so then we were scheduled to do it. And so this whole thing was made within three days. Excavators were locked in, location was locked in, coffin was made within 13 hours. My guy, Johnny, who now is, uh, we'll do all my stunts and, and, and building because going back to the storage stunt, now you see the difference, okay? Oh, yeah. I prefer the beautiful looking visual apparatuses than <laughs> that. So uh, that's the way for now on, you know. Um, but yeah, and then we were scheduled to go, and then I got COVID. First time ever getting COVID. I've never gotten, oh. gotten it. So, um, and uh, yeah. Sucks, right? So I got COVID, and not because of me. I never met the guy who built the coffin at this point. Uh, I knew the guy's property, um, but they somehow, just by fluke, all of them got COVID as well. Not from me, but from other people. And yeah. then my camera guys got COVID oh. somehow. So everyone got COVID from different people all at the exact same time. Yeah. And then my girlfriend got COVID. So we were all out. And then we were like, oh my God. Um, so now it got pushed back and that was the hardest part because it was made ready to go. Let's do it. It's one of those things you want to get done and over with. So now I spent the next eight days going, Oh my God, I want to back out of this. This is like, this is not good. And now it's mid November and I'm in Toronto. So it's getting colder and colder and colder. Um, and then the one day we were, and then we got cleared to do it. All of us were cleared to do it. I'm sure I had some sense of COVID still because it was so quick. It was eight days, but um, I definitely wasn't feeling the best here, right? I was cleared. Everyone was tested negative um, to, to, to be on set. But uh, <laughs> the day we were going to do it, we all got there and we realized, oh, no, we can't do it today because this is the day um, the clocks go back. 
<laughs> and I plan to spend 12 hours. So that means I'll be pretty much spending 13 hours under in the ground. And then I'm like, oh my God. So then we pushed it back one more day. Uh, so, you know, so it's just a real full 12 hours. And then, so yeah, we did it. And so that's there. The 12 hours was my, not just my little original part on it kind of in a way of paying tribute to Blaine with not taking away what Blaine did. Um, and then my original twist was I thought, let's just live stream the whole thing. You know, that was my way of bringing in an audience without bringing in an audience. Therefore, I could just worry about me. Um, I had the best production crew. So if something did go wrong, none of my audience can see it and harm them. Uh, you know, we posted a uh, thing in uh, the area we had a local medical team. So many locals were involved in it um, just by donating their time, which was so lovely. Um, and yeah, so so that's buried alive. And then any questions? Yeah. I uh, I remember like hopping on the live stream for a bit. I was at the bar having a couple drinks and some food with my buddy. I'm like, yo, check this out. He's like, what's he doing? I'm like, he's buried alive in a coffin right now. He's like, oh <laughs> shit, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I wish I was I, I wish I snuck a little beer down there with me too <laughs> well, the first question first thing I can think of with it you know playing music and all that I have so many show flyers and stuff I have mementos from shows do you have the coffin I gotta know <laughs> so I am a huge keepsake dude huge keepsake dude I have every single poster that was ever printed like the first uh, of first tickets ever sold to every one of my show i've always bought the first ticket and then resold the second one um so i'm a very i have but unfortunately no i don't have the coffin i do have a piece of the wood though and i'll tell you why okay so this is something first off if there's any inspiring escape artist or anyone i must say this and i, I don't it's, it's, do not do this way too many people died or seriously got hurt doing this for any other person to do it. Um, I definitely tested my life more than ever doing it. But the biggest thing was the fact that this was really planned in three days and then we had a week off where all of us were bedridden. We couldn't do crap. Um, the one thing we never realized was when the coffin's in the ground, how are we going to get the coffin out? We didn't really figure out, let's pull up a pulley system. Let's go rent out what really hoist coffins in and out. Let's throw the coffin in, jump in, and then we'll, they'll, they'll, they'll fill me up from there. So no, and then, when we were, and then how to escape was another thing. We were advised not to try this. Like, do not practice this. Not that we would even be able to because we were sick and that we would not be able to do it a day after, um, after the day we actually did it because it would have just been way too cold. Yeah. So we had one time. So no, we was in the coffin. And then the way I, I planned my escape I completely destroyed the lid and then they couldn't pull the coffin back out of the ground. So the coffin's still in the ground, but I was able to grab a piece of the wood from it, which is kind of cool. As long as but you have I a piece to, of it. And, and as, as wrestling fans, I wanted to, to, to take the coffin and make shelving out of it and then have an undertaker display in it. That would have been insane. That was my goal for the first start. Um, you know, so they called me the undertaker of the group. <laughs> I was, I was cracking up in, uh, in the group because that's the connection that we made, like, and how we met was because of, I mentioned it a lot on here. I've had a lot of other major marks on the major wrestling figure podcast. I remember you saying like, 
oh yeah, I listened to the pod, got me through a bit of it, and Cardona just be like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His reaction was the funniest thing. And like, cause like I knew because like I was watching all that, but then when you posted about it in the group, I'm like, oh no, let let Cardona see this. And then I remember seeing the comment, I'm just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, Mark messages me the next day or or says something in the next day and he goes, dude, are you alive? Dot, 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 question mark. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I saved one episode. Like I tried to keep the phone on live. And then when the live ended, I had like 30% battery left. So I was like, okay, I could definitely knock out one episode and the battery's going to die. And then I'm just going to stand, sit here rather for, or lay here for the next six hours. So yeah, that helped me get through, right? Um, sometimes hearing people talk, right? Oh, but, yeah. you know, even that was sketchy. I turned it off halfway through because hearing so many cracks in the of the wood was just like oh no it was so freaky i just couldn't do it even even like after i don't i'm not really crazy in dreams like i don't get the craziest dreams i don't really dream much but for a good month after i was having like suffocating type of dreams it was Damn. really bizarre very bizarre well that's the craziest thing like knowing like how you were saying like noticing you were claustrophobic with the body bag uh like uh escape and everything and that's like, all right, now you're buried alive. And then <laughs> hearing you got COVID before it, which is a respiratory right. sickness. I'm like, wait, he got over COVID and was like, put me in the ground. I'm, I'm within, that's crazy. It, within with less than 12 hours, because everyone was cleared with COVID before I was. I don't know how. I guess this was my first time. I don't know. I don't know how all that worked. Yeah. But I was tested negative at 9 p.m. By 7 a.m. the next day, we were on location Damn. starting to film. And then we went in the grave at 6.30. I went in the grave at 6.30 p.m. that day. So within hours. So, you know, yeah, it, it was, it was, I think that was the hurt. That was the biggest hurdle, right? <laughs> but I think, but it, mentally what was so messed up was the week before of being, having COVID, was, it made me not want to do it more and more and more and more every single day. To the point where I did feel like, in a sense, I was somewhat checked out when I was there. I couldn't get back in that mindset of that 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 thrill, that drive, until you know I took ten minutes by myself before I went in the grave and kind of just like snapped myself into it, like focus. I'm here now. This is what I'm doing. But it was the moment. It was the. It got all way too real. Yeah. You know, it got way too real. You know, it was definitely freaky. And with all those signs too, and then not for nothing, but with right. the clock, you know, shifting and all that of all number of hours, it has to be 13 hours. It switched to it. Like if I was Crazy. your mom, I would have been like, listen, are you sure you really want to do this? You got COVID it's 13 <sighs> hours. And, and it, like you were saying, like it really is go time because yeah. How how often do you just have an excavator chill in there to do yeah. this? And like, so it, that's it really, exactly it. And you did it. And yeah, you're, you're here today to refer to it as a coffin and a grave. And I think that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and my my biggest, I mean, you know, I I love to look at these end of any stunt or show I do. Like, what's the takeaway? And what like, I'm very proud of the work I did as an escape artist. And if I do ever leave this earth, I am going to one day. But when I do, I want to be known for my escapes because I am very proud of what I've accomplished and what I've done. And 
to spend 12 hours lying down in the grave is something that no human should ever say they've done, right? Um, and even after that, it's something that doesn't show in the video. Uh, and I, I've been filming a documentary around it, so I'm sure this stuff will be seen in the documentary. But um, the pain it caused on my entire body, I was bedridden for about a week. Something happened when I was doing Buried Alive where my ribs got all messed up. I don't know how. I don't know if it was no proper, we didn't build proper ventilation in the coffin. I'm not sure, again, what Blaine's method was behind the right airflow and stuff. But again, he's Blaine. I'm sure he has the money to, you know, yeah. contract a, a mechanism that has, right? Because when you breathe out, you're breathing out toxic, you know. So I don't know what happened, but my ribs were like swollen and I couldn't really breathe. I couldn't cough. I couldn't even turning my eyes like like crushed pressured on my head i was giving it seven days and if it didn't go by seven days i would have gone to the hospital but by day five i started going back to normal it felt like i got punched a million times in the stomach is kind of how it felt all from just lying there all just from lying there it was wild so you know it's insane that yeah you know and, and but i'm i'm happy that i can say i did it i did it for real you yeah. know like a lot of magicians were you know came to me was like uh so what illusion did you use you know and I, <laughs> I did it and, and i and i love that I, I i really love that i can i actually tested my body i did it on a private location so if something goes wrong it's not traumatizing anyone therefore i was able to fully see how much my body can endure yeah you know and that was you know the biggest takeaway so one of my proudest things i've ever done the coolest thing with it too is like if you think about like when like Chris Angel did it on Mind Freak and mm -hmm. stuff and like all these other people that wasn't in the time of like live yeah. streaming. It was all shot, edited, mm -hmm. and then put out and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, so you didn't see it until it was all said and done. Mm -hmm. With yours, it was like I I was sitting in a bar watching it live. Like it's mm -hmm. you know unless it's live TV. Like I know uh like David Blaine and like Chris Angel they've done like live stunts mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. So it's like you know you have that, but it's like no, this is someone that isn't on tv this is facebook live like it's you know it's mm -hmm. someone i've been in contact with like holy shit like it's if something goes yeah. wrong i barely know but i'm gonna feel terrible <laughs> because i'm sitting watching it and it's like that's the best thing if it's and i feel confident talking now about it because it's yes, all said yes, though you're never gonna out. do it again absolutely yeah like Say like something did happen to your phone sitting there, on, like live stream. Like Absolutely. it's it's just it's insane. And like I think that was the thing, like with it, where I was just like, "This is nuts that this is happening right now." I need to have them on once this is all said and done, because yeah. it's like I wanted to talk about, it. and also because it's like magic stunts, like escapes, all that, like all that. I, it's always fascinated me. I'm too damn clumsy, so I would maybe try <laughs> magic the stunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i did once bury myself underground for a zombie video for someone okay, i was I friends that. with at a time for high school <laughs> but the thing was there was maybe six inches of dirt and my head okay, was the yeah, last yeah. thing buried so it was like i just wrote it was all right put it on you start filming now we'll edit the footage you start filming once i'm covered say go get out, get out frame say go and i'm rising up right away Right, right. Like, you know, I, I was, I was, I was underneath for not even a minute. 
and it was like six <laughs> inches of dirt. But it's like, like right in the class of Barrett Alive, <laughs> too, like right in the hover. But you know, and, and that's the thing. It was like I, I, I didn't know what to expect. And when we were and talking about, you know, you're having your head out, was how the hell did I get out of here? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't want I, I wanted to make an escape. I didn't want to be okay, spend 12 hours and then come out. And then probably by like 3 a.m. to about 5 a.m. was like the worst, the absolute worst couple hours in my entire life because it was just so much different emotion and, and feeling. And, and I saw this one panel in the lid kind of like popping out a bit. <sighs> and then sand just started slowly. And I, how I got out was when I pulled that panel down. I was so lucky every it caved in like this more than like this, if yeah. that makes sense. So then what I did was I spent, it took me about 45 minutes. It was so much work, but pushing all the sand from inside out and then crawl through and then take some more in and then push, like kind of like touch this and then kind of like piece my way through, which they told me not to, do because if the other panel would have like the center panel fell or broke down then i pushed myself through but if the other panel on the other side it would have created an uneven amount on the wall which would have just collapsed all the way in so i had to slide myself through a panel i lost a lot of things there's a lot of things under that ground still i'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah and i just my camera completely broke when the the, the it caved in um, the camera inside completely broke. Uh, sand got in and stuff as well. So that that was another thing. Was the escape part was never planned. We didn't yeah. know how to do it. Now, how, when you when you popped through the surface and all that, just like what was that feeling like? Just seeing the outside air, like seeing everyone. Like, I'll tell you, my first feeling it was for some reason exactly the same feeling you get if you swallow a bunch of ice brain freeze like it was literally the minute my head hits the ground the surface instant brain freeze i don't know wow. why i i don't know like again i i don't under i was in the cold all winter i mean all night long um although you know you're in ground so the heat does kind of build up and stuff with you but it was still cold um yeah i don't know but it was very little and then it was back and then i looked around and i saw my camera crew everyone was in position didn't have to worry i just had to get out of it and then i am also very prone to anxiety so you know having a relief of fresh air helped a lot um and then i just yeah just i i, I don't remember it's a great question i remember frostbite in my head it felt like and i don't really remember much i remember seeing my camera guys in position and i don't remember much after that actually it's just a, i'm guessing adrenaline just kind of took over that it's Probably. like i'm here i'm getting the hell out and you just force the rest yeah. of you out to just crawl and just yeah yeah i think that's what it was i had someone that was directly in charge of letting my family know that was someone that i was above ground um which they did but yeah that was yeah i think that was it the adrenaline i don't remember it which is which is crazy because i i, I remember all my stunts and stuff um especially for a live audience i think this was just this was and i hate using the word real but this was so real yeah i think this was so real in the sense that natural it's kind of like this this is the best way to put it holding your breath underwater right your mind tells yourself when to get out of the water yeah right it's the exact same thing 
the entire, I spent the last 12 hours of my brain telling me this is not normal. This is not normal. This is not normal. Right. So I think when it, I didn't have to think that for the first time in 12 hours, it was this weird mind trip, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, my dad was there who I didn't even, I didn't even really remember he was there until I called him later that night. That's one, another thing. Um, so yeah, it's crazy. Watching the footage back was an unreal experience, though. Oh, I bet. Like, just right. seeing that and, like, is that your mind with the places it was going and stuff? It's like, I'm sure yeah. there was so much stuff you were watching. I, like, I just don't remember this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was on my buddy's property. So he can kind of see where I was from his bedroom. And he sent me a picture. I didn't see it until later that afternoon I got out. There was a coyote circling the grave. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh. He lives in the country, and that was another weird thing for me. I'm not a country boy, so being in the middle of nowhere too was bizarre. Yeah, let alone in the ground, it was just it's so mentally trippy. And now, know? and now I'm even more amazed. Like really thinking about it, you said it like when you started telling like about location, all that. That was the countryside, but the fact that not only were you underground, but you were in the country and you had cell service, the friggin' stream. I'm like, so here's another really thing. Out. Yeah, here's another thing. There was another coffin one foot beside me. A box. It was a coffin. Not a coffin. It was a crate, right? Yeah. And we put a modem in it. His modem from inside the house. <laughs> we put it in and we lowered it down with me. And then we wired it out. So there was a modem. It wasn't in the same coffin as me because the radiation and then risk of fire or electricity yeah. or, or uh, being electrocuted, right? But it was the wall over me was the modem. So we buried his modem in the ground. <laughs> that dude, dude gave so. you the property. He gave you his modem. <laughs> you caught it. You know, it was so funny because we were planning our next stunt. I was at his house. I was like, it, that was the weirdest thing I've ever asked anyone. Yeah. You know, you don't call a friend and say, can be buried in your backyard? Originally, before I realized contacting him, I put a post out on Facebook saying, hey, does anyone have a property that I can borrow for an escape? And I had multiple friends reach out to me and say, hey, I have this property. And then I realized, I can't ask any of these people for this. <laughs> this is, I don't, you know, but he was a more of a family friend, so I felt a little more comfortable that way. Uh, but yeah, it was it was great. Uh, Couldn't ask for anything better. Couldn't ask for anything yeah, better. Turned out perfect. You got all this footage and everything, and yeah. it's you're here to tell the tale. You did it. <laughs> yeah, and that's what's cool. I never, you know, and it was done the exact way I want to wanted it to, with the roadblock after roadblock after roadblock but again burying alive shouldn't be an easy feat um as for the live stream and stuff yeah that was my way of bringing in a live audience right because yeah modernizing you know, it you know yeah and they wanted to they wanted to bring a live audience in there, but i just couldn't do that too many people died doing it it was too much of a risk right not many people fall hanging upside down if you have a good rigging team but something like this the stats weren't looking good um so i didn't want to put anyone through that <sighs> It's insane. Now, with that behind you and, you know, mm -hmm. talking about saying like stunts like that and everything, it's you, you're getting older. You want to you don't want to be doing too much of them. No. You mentioned the bullet catch. Do you yeah. ever plan to do the bullet catch? I don't I don't want to be pulling your, you know, no, no. pulling your head. Yeah. You did this, but like, are you going to do this? Like, you know, you said. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And it's one I've thought about a lot. And, I'll, and I'll, that's a great question. No one's, no one's asked me that question before. Um, bullet catch. I don't think I'll ever do it. 
right. Never say never in the world of wrestling, right? Never yeah. say never. Um, again, like again, if, if someone presented me with the idea, um, I'm definitely in the time of my life where I'm really done funding certain things myself, right? Um, and if, if a company approaches me that that wants to, you know do it and they're willing to supply those guns because those get expensive then i would be willing to talk about it but guns are not really my like i'm not i've never shot a gun i've not been around guns my life like we're not you know so again like we live in canada so it's very different you know Uh, but you know i've never been around a gun right that's not so i don't have that type of you know connection to it the buried alive uh, um you know buried alive many magicians that i looked up to or escape artists that i looked up to try to do it and stuff so that was that was the the ending goal is why can't these escape artists do it let me try type of thing i don't i need to have a connection with what i'm doing yeah you know um i am a huge i'm a huge fan of having a, a list of goals right and and i feel like if i did the bullet catch there would be nothing left for me all right especially with the next two that I'm working on, which I wish I could say more. One is involving water. One's involving fire. I'll give you those two. Yeah. But other than that, the bullet catch is literally the pinnacle and, and, and the buried alive is right beside it. So I kind of dug, no pun intended. I dug my own <laughs> grave with that one by doing buried alive so early Yeah. where, you know, but, but yeah, I, I would, I don't know. It, it buried alive. A bullet catch way too many people died doing it yeah. way too many, way more than, you know, and, and just hearing the stories of my friend that did it. Um, yeah, it's freaky. I think yeah. it's more, not that saying that the earth caving in on me was my control, right? You know, because I was handcuffed too. Um, not much I would have been able to do, but there's something different about someone having a gun right in front of your face. Yeah. Right. And knowing exactly when to catch that bullet. Um, there would just be a lot of learning I would have to do with that one. I would have to go to gun ranges. I'd have to learn how guns work. Um, a lot of stuff that I am completely, you know, know nothing about. I, I fired guns like twice in my life. And like, mm-hmm. it was with a close friend who's been doing it his whole life. So like, right, I was right. comfortable. He taught me like all the safety. It was very, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just like thinking about something like that. Like, no, I, I would much rather try buried alive than that because it's <laughs> like you said, like just, you know, you've seen it so many times in movies, but also with the way the world's been with all, it's like, it's just guns are just like, you're looking at it. With buried alive, you're not so much looking at it until it's caving in on you. Right, right. So it's, and, and that's, and that's it. And that's one thing you, I love that you just mentioned is the guns in the world, right? I'm not saying that people don't get buried alive because accidents happen, especially with people that are in construction and stuff. Um, but it's not something that happens regularly, right? People get shot all the time. I don't know if now we're in a world where it's too insensitive. Yeah. That would be my big thing that I've been worried about. But I know personally me, if I was at a gun range or if I got to have the right experience with a gun, I think the story would change a hundred percent. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. You know. I'm intrigued by it. Don't get me wrong. I am fascinated by the bullet, especially Blaine. I don't know if you're not familiar with it. Blaine does it where he has this cup in his mouth and he shoots the bullet and catches it in his mouth. Yeah. But the difference with Blaine is he pulls the trigger himself because it's on a string. He pulls it himself. And his reasoning for that is he wouldn't want any of his staff to be responsible for shooting his head off. Those would be a lot of the big things that are I'm involved in, right? Yeah. Uh, 
as well. So it, it's things like that, you know. Yeah, I've never. I remember seeing his. I can't like it's been so long that I don't mm-hmm. remember with yeah. the string. But it's like that logic and everything. It's like that's why it's like all right, yeah, you really got to think about it. Thanks, like you know, it's that that will hurt someone forever. Like having that right. weight on their head and. It's like no matter what you say before doing that, it's it's not going to change how they feel like. So it's it definitely is a lot to take. And and I don't I don't blame you for like I would be intrigued, too. But like having that, you know, I did the buried alive. I did one of the two. Like you you hit that. You hit that pinnacle like it's. Mm And and that's the thing. Like I, I also I'm more intrigued. I, I I love adding stunts to my stuff because I am a thrill artist. I love thrill, but you know I also love the element of escape. And maybe if I could have incorporated an escape type method into a bullet catch without it being too much or overdone, then maybe that would also change the story too and make it more theatrical than just a simple gun and point. Um, and like my buddy who did it, he has stories for days, and it just sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with being in Canada, getting any place to let you have a gun inside and fire it off is just wild. And I don't know if the laws change now, but when my friend did it, it was illegal to wear bulletproof vests here in Canada. So, yeah. So uh, he couldn't even wear a bulletproof vest when he did it. Wow. So there was no, you know, it's things like that where it's so much, you know, but but it has been talked about between me and my team. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> the thing is, even with hitting like the pinnacle with Buried Alive and all that, no matter what other stunts you do or in escapes and all that, it's still amazing to watch because it's like anyone that doesn't know you and sees these new ones, then they'll go back and be like, oh my God, he did this. But anyone that knows you and saw you do Buried Alive, Anything after that is going to be a fresh air. Like, oh, well, at least he's not doing that shit again. <laughs> like, and it's yeah, it, it's yeah. still going to be amazing. You know, it's still dangerous, but it's like it's I feel like there would be that sigh of relief. Like, at least right, right. it's he's not at that 11 out of 10 in the danger scale. <laughs> yeah, I would love to once I can say my repertoire, my history is complete in everything that I could possibly do because with escapes there is a cap right there's only so much you can do there's only so many handcuffs you could escape from um and I still have a quite few I'm probably a good next five years worth of escapes I want to pump out um definitely can't be doing this when there's kids running around yeah Uh, (laughs) um you know and and that's the thing once I'm done all I'm trying to get all the dangerous ones out of the way where I can make it more of a just really cool with a sense of thrill kind of like what blaine does like when blaine's frozen in, in ice there's danger to it right but you're not taking your eyes off it yeah you know but it's also not like oh my god it's so extreme right when you do a bullet catch you can't help but go like oh no yeah like you know you can't watch that it's so hard to watch but i love it i love yeah. the bullet catch. or suspended over a bed of nails in a straight jacket it's like right. oh no if he felt like right you know exactly the, you buried know, I, alive frozen in ice it's like at least it isn't like you're not seeing yeah. it too but that's yeah but yeah and there was buried alive i was advised not to sleep at all because that would be freaky like if my parents went on to my live stream and i was yeah, <laughs> like that would freak her out. It would freak them out. Oh yeah, um, but uh, you know, I love it. I just, you know, it's amazing creating art. Now, once, once the stunts and all that, like 
once you're not doing that, you're still going to be doing magic, though. Yes, I'm a full-time magician. You know, I would talk about stunts and escapes for hours over magic. But I am a I am a magician. Okay, I I am a fully working mentalist magician. Um, and yeah, that's stuff I do. And I will be actually adding the body bag escape, a version of the body bag escape. And a straight jacket escape, just a regular standing straight jacket escape to any show that any client books starting in 2023. Awesome. And so, it, so that's good though, knowing that you'll still be keeping with it. Because that was the thing. Yeah. We we did kind of go off with the the stunts and the escapes and all, but it's like I feel like it's there's so much more to talk about because with the magic, it's like yeah. this, describing a magic trick, it's kind of eh, all right, but magic. You really got to see hearing about a stunt. It's like, I need to see that. And it's now yeah. I, I to touch on, we'll, we'll kind of get off the stunts and it just yeah. for, for a little, for a little bit before we like close everything out, like when it comes to the magic, do you have any favorite tricks of yours? I know it kind of mm. contradicts what I just said about describing tricks, but no, no, no. do you have like any favorites that you uh have like in the repertoire? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, oh, I, I love magic. I, I'm not, I'm not the most top end card guy. I don't really do cards. Matter of fact, my show, when people book my show, I don't do any cards. I'm, you know, more of a mentalist than anything, but magic and art gives you the ability to let the audience into an adventure in this world. Most escapes, it's my adventure that I'm embarking on in my journey. Magic and mentalism is the difference, right? Um, so yeah, my one of my favorite acts is uh, an effect I do. Uh, I've done it for years, uh, where I get someone to pick a card, they sign it, they put it in the deck. Um, I hand someone this deck, and I love, I love comedy. I love stand up comedy, and I try to incorporate it as much as I can into my show. Uh, they sign a card, they put it in the deck. I give them like this wooden board, and they hold it. And I'll get someone from the audience to throw the cards up in the air, and as the cards are cascading down, I throw a knife. And the knife goes through the cards and hits the board and stabs one card. And then I take off that card and it's their signed card. So I, I love that act. I wrote the act from scratch. It's about a 13-minute act. And it's funny. Like, I put the audience, I put the person into pens, diapers, um, <laughs> right? Because then I go, you know, and I just say certain things. Like, I was doing this the other day and someone crapped himself. And then I was talking to my stage hand and I was like what are we going to do to prevent this from next time? And he goes, depends. And I go, depends on what? He goes, depends. He goes, depends on what? I go, depends. depends. <laughs> there you go, depends. And I put the guy on depends and it's Brandon, Mindbender Brandon depends. Um, and he's holding this board. And then, you know, I go, I take the knife and I go, okay, ready? One, two, and on three, if anything should go wrong, you should remember 911, little things. And then I, and this killed when I was 12. It doesn't, it doesn't work that much now. But I say, you know, when we do things, I, you know, I was always told to wear safety. And then the, <laughs> the parents go, oh, my God, this is awful. You're 13 or whatever. And then I pull out safety goggles. And they go, what are you sick freaks? Here's safety goggles. And then I hand it to him. But then I put it on myself. So now I have this knife and I go on. But then I take off this. And now so little things like so it's this whole comedy act where you know, we're both looking silly. And then the whole ending is, you know, and Chris Angel actually bought that trick um, and did it in Mind Freak uh, once, which was pretty cool. 
so that that was it. Um, and then I'm working on a trick now, which um, I'm so excited to share with people. I'm so excited to share with people. This trick I did 10 years ago. Um, and I was talking to my team after it, and we just realized it wasn't for me at the time, but I loved it. And I never touched it. Like well, I did it behind the scenes, but I never performed it again. And then I'm working on a show that will have it out for the first time in 10 years. So it was one of those art pieces that I've been working on for so long. It's never seen the light of day until hopefully maybe by May it'll be out. Oh, uh, hell yeah. So it'll uh, be exciting. That's now with the, the YouTube channel, you said you took down like a lot of stuff and are you planning to put more of this like on there, like more videos and uh, yeah. So yeah. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to pick you up. Oh no, you're fine. I was going to say, cause I uh, completely forgot to mention. I watched your iPhone, the Apple video. That was hysterical. That was so good. Can we take a second to throw some disclaimers in on that and talk about that before people start looking and going, what is this shit? Okay. <laughs> let's talk about that for a second. All right. If you don't mind. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> So, and then I'll answer your, your original <laughs> you're question. Good. Okay? You're good. You're good. Oh, yeah. It's, okay. So I forget what's magic, videos, the disclaimers. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those videos that do not belong on the internet, but it's too good to take off the internet, but it's also so bad. It should be off the internet. Let me explain. So I've been dabbling and even though I wasn't really around the internet much growing up, I had a friend that was always on YouTube and stuff. So I was always dabbling on YouTube since like 2008, right? My goal in life, one goal in my ultimate life is to have one viral video. I just want one viral video. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't want to be a viral sensation. I just want a viral video. So, um, and I had this idea. Oh, well, I always used to do this in, in elementary school and stuff. I was a huge prankster and I loved pranking with magic. That was a huge thing of mine. Uh, you know, I'd take the subway to school. I have a rubber fake tongue. I would stick it through a pole and have multiple people try to help me. And then it falls off. And then it's just flapping around on the floor and stuff. I love magic and pranks. And I wrote a television show at like 17 uh, about adding magic and pranks and stuff. And, and it worked. And it was really good. We filmed a pilot and stuff. And then I was like, I still want a viral video. These ideas are way too good. I want to do this on my own. It's not going to be viral if it's on television. I want it viral on YouTube. I've been on YouTube for like nine years at this point. Like I want a viral video. So I had the idea and, and, and my good friend, Luke Dancy, created this unbelievable trick, unbelievable trick, uh, where it just basically gives you the ability to melt objects through a screen of a phone, right? And what's so um, what's so real about this is you could use anyone's phone and anyone's object. So I was like, okay, let's take a coin. Let's go to the Apple store. And let's say, I got something wrong with the phone. Why is this coin melting through the phone? And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm <laughs> my camera guy. And they're like, okay, let's do one better. Let's get, let's buy an iPhone, open it up there. And then go, wait, something's wrong. Why is this coin brand new? So that freaks them out more. So it's not like maybe this is a fake phone, like whatever. But then, uh, you know, Apple was crazy with lines. So let's just try to do this with their phones that are on display. <laughs> and people that are looking, maybe I want to buy this iPhone. I go, you shouldn't buy this one. There's an issue with it. There's an iPhone. Here. And now looking back at it, you know, like I, I didn't, the teenager, I was, you know, I shouldn't have 
maybe done that with someone's business or whatnot. Um, but then, it's Apple. So they got do, enough money. <laughs> right. They got enough money, you know? So then I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we did it and we got some great reactions, but instantly kicked off the store. Instantly. They did not let it for like three minutes. Um, and then we're like, okay. So we go back home. We regroup. We're like, we got to do that. We can't. This is too good of an idea. This is too good. We can't. We need to go back and do it. So what did we do the same day? Not, not a different day when maybe staff has changed or whatever. We went the same day. This time we got a coffee cup. We cut a hole out the bottom and we stuck a GoPro under it. So my camera guy was drinking the entire time and it was filming. <laughs> that is the disclaimer, folks, on why the angles are so messed up. And I feel so bad for him because people ripped him to pieces in the comments saying, oh, you know, you should have got a better camera guy. He's a great camera guy. He worked for he works for a couple um TV companies here in Canada. Um, he was good. He we just had, and this was years ago, so not the best GoPro of the time. It was cut, no screen, so we were really playing around with it, right? I think the idea was there, but you know, it just didn't actually. And then we got kicked out again. <laughs> so then we're like, okay, let's go to a different Apple store, <laughs> and it uh, we did it again there. Um, still nothing, right? We still got kicked out. Like, and they're so quick. Yeah, they were so quick every time. So then we went back to the other one for the third time. Oh. We just needed probably two more clips, and that's where we got kicked out for the third time. And we got banned from Apple for two years. <laughs> um, so then I'm like, okay, well, we got banned from Apple now. Um, now we need to post the video. We posted the video pranking the Apple store. So that's why it's not the best camera work. But if you squint. Or if you have enough alcohol, it works. <laughs> so if it's one of those two, drink a little bit, maybe smoke a little bit, and you'll be able, the video will look like a great video. Um, <laughs> but that, and then, then what happened was, I don't know how it got viral. I have an idea. Um, I was at a family dinner. It got viral pretty instantly. World Star posted it um, for a while, and then it got up a bit, and then it just stopped. And then a famous prankster broke into an Apple store and then it just went skyrocketing. Oh, Literally, damn. Dude, every time I refreshed the screen, it was like actually 10,000 views, actually 10,000 views. Shit. And I would sit back. I literally watched this video go from 100,000 views to like 600,000 views in two days. Wow. It was wild. And I was like, this is cool. <laughs> this is really cool. And then, and then I'm like, let's do another prank video where, and I don't know if I took this one down or not, but um, I basically, my mom is a, my mom's decoration is a very French country style where it's very farm style. So she has a lot of like chicken displays of like ceramic chickens and stuff. So I thought it'd be funny to buy a real chicken and let it run around the house. And what was not funny was we were moving that that week. So everyone was very stressed out. And this is me as a teen, also not really knowing when the right time to prank is and when the not the right time is prank is. The, we have people coming to view the house and I have chickens running around and it was just a disaster. <laughs> and that got to like 12,000 views, which was fun. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I did what I had to do. <laughs> but now, nah, like I said, I, I you know, again, the, the one reason why it's still up, I do make money off that video, so I can't take it down. Yeah. Two, you know, it's my viral, it's my fame, it's my, my six, my fame, my, my, my reason for fame, uh, my YouTube fame. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's that. But I, I've taken down a lot of the, the body bags that was taken down because we are going to refilm it as me as an adult. 
Um, but it's going to be the exact same. I have the exact same of everything. We're using the same song. I have changed up the pattern a bit because now being 10 years in the business, I know how to script differently. Um, and then that the only one that has to be redone and the standing up street jacket as well. Uh, but we're filming both of those in a, about a month. So sweet. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I didn't take down much really. I, I, I just try to take down the stuff that really out, was outdated. Yeah. I want to create stuff that's not outdated. Oh yeah. And especially now with the, with having like the technology, the way it is your cell phones better than the GoPro that you 100%. had like, it's like the way cameras oh. are and stuff like the way it films. So it's like, you look at the, uh, like the uh the sword uh table of death the uh, table of death death table stunt and like you had multiple camera angles and it's great yeah. for that but the thing is then you look at like buried alive and it's like you see the difference in the quality and stuff. so it's mm-hmm. it's still Absolutely. a great video go check it out everyone but it's like yeah, yeah i see what and you just mean the on the table death too and also with doing stunts in the live theater my camera guys are very limited yeah because no matter what the people in the audience always come first. They come first. That is my my goal with every theater show. Every single person in that show, that theater needs to leave with a with a great time. Two, everyone staff gets paid off. Three, then hopefully I get paid off. Okay, so when the stunts are done in theaters, my stage my, my camera guys are really limited to right and left, so they can't. You know, be creative with close-up angles and moving angles because I the one rule is never block an audience member. So you know, and that's the thing as well is this gives us more of a time to use skies that are pink and go close up in the grave and under the you know so things like yeah. that. You know, um, but yeah, I want to recreate everything to look timeless. And unfortunately, as a young kid, when I'm doing this cool, cool stuff, I'm dressed as a kid as a teenager right which fringes but every performer every I, i'm not alone every performer can say if they look back on any of the stuff they did as a team they cringed um, oh as yeah an artist so you know you know so i understand that factor and body bag is not crazy death defying to the point where i'm gonna die doing it right just i won't do the sword stun again for multiple reasons like i mentioned although i'm dying to do that one again uh, but, <laughs> don't, know, don't say like dying that. to do it yeah, again <laughs> that's not so bad. you're right maybe that's not the best <laughs> so. all right jordan um if unless that's there's it? anything else you want to add we've been a blast with you man i i have been too we've been going for an hour and 33 minutes wow and i know i said i got an editor now but he's still getting his chains rolling so i I don't want to give long him a long get yeah. paid by the hour. <laughs> get paid? I'll buy him a beer, some chicken wings, and get him high. Because <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can do that in Jersey now. But, oh, uh, you can? Is it, is, is it weed legal there? Yes, we got recreational legal in Jersey. Amazing. Thank Congratulations. you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah. But, I mean... I was just watching Cops the other day, and it's crazy to know that people are still getting arrested for that and getting wild. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It just seems so unreal to me. Yeah, I always say, I'm like, it comes from the ground. Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah that is one, <laughs> this one guy got pulled over, and he's like, you're smoking weed. And the cops are like, smoking weed. He's like, it's Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's Earth. <laughs> but uh, it's with all the stuff you have coming up and everything, it's 
with ha- having people on, it's, you know, I try to change it up and everything, but I, of course, I'm going to have reoccurring guests. And with your, please, with everything you're doing, I would absolutely love to have you back on because it's, I can't see, wait to see what you do next with everything. Cause it's yeah. everything I've seen so far. I love. And n- now that, now that we got, you know, the background and all that away and the catch up to sense. now. Yeah. Next episode, we can dive into stuff like, I want to talk wrestling with you. But we could go oh, on forever. Wish, yeah. I wish I <laughs> I was looking my, at the, the ruthless oh, aggressions man, I, and everything was all these walls are wrapped in classics. I, I got some more stuff going there. Oh, so wow. you know, I, I'm covered and I took away this wall to make it a little more pleasing for you, but uh or you, you your viewers as as, oh. as I should say. But I was about to ask, you know, I I love talking about wrestling unfortunately i don't have anyone to talk about wrestling too uh, my girlfriend does a great job listening <laughs> but i could tell it's just going in one year and the other so i would love to just do a podcast where we can just sh- i was about to say shoot the shit well, you can say podcast. oh but, well oh yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> but you know well, yeah shoot the shit about wrestling well i feel terrible now that you cleared that wall because we're an audio podcast oh <laughs> i don't post no. the video <laughs> i'm so no, sorry that, no. <laughs> that's my you know what it's very funny you said that and this goes for any of your next listener or, or guest on always ask i was yeah. gonna ask uh. is this audio or video only i got dressed and everything <laughs> you know i you know so i shaved a little bit oh, but yeah I, I was gonna ask i just thought i, I wasn't gonna bother you so uh, it's well, all good it's uh, i've had like people ask and all that and everything so it's like i kind of just don't think anything of it because i'm like off oh, no one asks they don't care like the episode that airs uh this week we're we're doing things earlier now because i don't want to put too much stress on that so it's you know i try and get the episodes more than enough time early and i was going to do that regardless but this week's episode my buddy jacob it's like you know i know him so it's like he didn't ask anything but like some others were like, oh, is it like video? Like, is it all right? Like, do I have to get dialed up? I'm like, nah, I'm like, you can literally be in pajamas. I don't care. Be cozy. Just get ready to talk. <laughs> I love that. But, and I, that's what I love about these Zoom podcasts. It does. It is cozy. It feels like we are just chill, you know? Yeah. So, so it's, it, it, it's nice. Yeah, definitely want to have you back on, especially with like stuff coming up, like, you know, to talk about that. And then we'll definitely dive, dive into wrestling because that's, one thing I love is like with this talking about everything else that people are into. So it's like, but mm-hmm. not having someone that's done the shit you've done before, like being buried alive, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's going to take up some time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I know. Totally. And, but and now it's good to say stuff for a second part or, oh, yeah. you know, and then that's the thing. Like, I, I have some wrestling stories for you. Some I can't. action figure stories. I can't wait because it's I'm I'm a big toy guy, so it's like we were talking before. So it's and I'm a talker. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, you are a great talker, by the way. You have oh, a great you. voice. Um, but yeah, I don't ever talk about wrestling. I've never posted any of my wrestling stuff ever on social media. Um, no one really comes in here. This place is very locked down. So I shot when I did Shawnee's podcast. That was the first time I ever talked about wrestling to anyone outside of my house. Wow. Yeah. Well, so not that, not that I, that it's a shameful thing. I'm very, very protective of my stuff, right? Like, I don't know if it's best to be posting all over my social media the value of my, yeah. my collection, right? Because a lot of people do know where I live, but I'm more open to it now because I'm seeing, like, I have had a few parties recently 
and people have came in here and seen it and they're like, whoa. And I'm like, is that the type of reaction I'm getting? I thought people would be like, why? What, what's all this? People are, lo- people are loving this room. So I'm more open to talking about it now and stuff. Oh, hell yeah. Well, and I now mean, that I'm done collecting as well. I mean, my, my DMs are always open to talk wrestling. Let's but we'll we'll, sa- we'll save the origin stories and all that for the next yes, episode yes, yes, of the pod. Let's do it. But yeah, to wind it down, months. Jordan, we're gonna we're not gonna go in the grounds. We're not gonna lay under swords. We're gonna hop in the car. We're gonna cruise to the countryside, look at the remnants of the coffin at your bud's house, dig his modem yeah. out for him. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna take a little <laughs> ego trip and just plug away everywhere people can plug your youtube for sure so people can watch like these amazing videos and your social so they can keep up to date with everything you're doing and also so if they're in the area and they want to book you or in america and they want to book you anywhere want to book you where can they get in contact with you so oh man ego trip i love this okay (laughs) um (laughs) so uh my socials mind under magic on instagram that's the best way to find me um uh my website is mindbendermagic.com that's the best place to book me uh, i do gigs everywhere anywhere and everywhere um so if you're in the states and you want me to come perform at your local bar venue theater private event anywhere that hosts live entertainment you can call me i will fly walk drive anywhere to perform what i love so you can contact me there that's and my youtube channel mind under magic everything's not magic makes it easy One for word. me for the description <laughs> and as all you know i'm nicholas christian you can find me at colt underscore sure underscore on facebook and instagram and i think twitter uh culture discord keep saying every week i'm gonna keep building it up but i have not done anything with it we're kind of in a revamp period remodeling but we're still open of course um find me at terror underscore tunes t-o-o-n-s underscore for all my musical and art endeavors uh terratunes.bit that's on instagram facebook twitter uh terratunes.bandcamp.com where there's all merch music there's culture t-shirts clothe yourself i'm gonna be doing a lot of shit this year and gonna be posting more on there and trying to go a little more legit with things so that's where to find me that's where you find jordan and jordan it has been an honor it has been been awesome this has been a lot of fun thank you so much for having me and thank you to all your listeners that spent their last hour and a half listening to my tales all right everyone Yeah, and I hope everyone enjoys because I sure as hell did. Take care, everyone, and see you next week. Playing us out on this week's episode of the Cold Short Podcast is Hateful Scarecrows with their song, Citronella Casket.